Our gospel lesson for today, the sixth Sunday of Easter, comes from John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. Jesus says to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and will reveal myself to them. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. Four years ago, I had the opportunity, actually along with Kim, I see Kim is here, to take seven of our youngsters out into the mountains of Colorado for a week of, of Bible camp. And it was pretty great. It was an early morning. Do you remember, what time was it when we left? Was it like 4.30 in the morning? Maybe even earlier than that. I don't know. It was four years ago. It was really early. Hannah, do you remember? It was early. It was, it was dark. It was early. Now, Hannah and Jaden were both on that trip, um, along with um, then five of our other, uh, other youth who were a year behind them. And so we drove 711 miles between Underwood and this little hole in the wall called Hillside, Colorado. Now, the week of camp was spectacular. It was wonderful. It was great. It was enjoyable. We all had a really great time. But under the direction of the camp, one of the things that they always say is for the students, they do not want them to have cell phones. They want the kids to be focused in on the program and on the relationships they're making with one another and with, with other fellow uh, campers that are there and with the staff. And so they don't want the distraction of cell phones. Now, as we were preparing for this trip, we knew that. We had talked with the parents and we're like, okay, so we're not, we, we don't want them to have cell phones. But we also knew it's 11 hours of driving each direction, each direction. And so we thought, let's let them take their cell phones in the car, in the van as we're going. But we didn't tell the kids that we're going to take their phones away until we got there. So Hillside is literally a hole in the wall. It's about the size of this church. It's, I don't even know how they call it a town, but they do. And you get there, and then there's this gravel road, and you turn off, and you kind of snake through this gravel road up about three more miles up into, into the mountain to where the camp's at. And up there, there's very little cell reception. So we stopped right alongside the highway and put it in park, and I kind of turned around and looked at the kids, and I said, okay, everyone make your last phone call. And the look of terror on their faces, they're like, what? And I'm like, well, when we get up there, you're not going to have your cell phones. So call home. Talk to mom and dad. Talk to your brother and sisters. Do it quick because we want to get on up there. And the, the shock that I was witnessing on their faces, the, the, the sheer, I don't know if terror is the right word, the, the feeling of you mean I'm going to have to go from Sunday afternoon all the way to Saturday disconnected from my parents and my family and the rest of the outside world? And I grinned and said, yes, because <laughs> I'm kind of mean like that. But all in all, it was fine. 
Now, all, all seven kids came home. Two of them are here. You know, they, they survived. They survived without their cell phones. But it was this idea, I think, I can probably understand it. Because at the time, I mean, you two were going into high school. The, the other kids were still junior high kids, or they, they're coming out of seventh grade. And they were pretty young. And for some of them, this was the first time they'd really gone that far away from home or away from their family for an extended amount of time. I can maybe understand the sense of wanting that connection to, to their family, to their, their parents, to, to home. And we denied it to them, which was funny. Because I mean. <laughs> now, that idea, I want you to kind of put that in the back of your minds, that, that loss of connection. Because I think that's laying at the heart of, of what we have in our scripture today. So where we're at here in the Easter season, the Easter season is kind of winding down. And what we're seeing now is sort of a theme that's within our various scripture lessons of of Jesus is making promises and Jesus is giving encouragement and he's kind of telling his disciples and various, various followers about what they can expect as things move forward. Now, the setting for what we actually read today, it's the same if you happen to be here last week, it's, it's the last supper. And uh, Jesus is just before he is betrayed. He'll be, he'll be killed on the, the cross the next day. And he's made no secret of that to his disciples. He's told them before, hey, guys, I'm going to be killed. But don't worry, on the third day, I'm going to rise again. I think Jesus probably knows, though, that for them, they can't really get past this idea that Jesus is going to die. And they're going to lose that connection with him because death does that. Now, he's also, of course, made the promise that on the third day, I'm going to rise again, and they do seem to forget that. So that's kind of what's at the heart of this passage. But I think it also kind of pulls double duty. Not only is Jesus talking about his pending death, but he's also acknowledging the fact that post-resurrection, after a short amount of time, he's going to return to heaven, and he will not physically be in the world with them anymore, with us in the world. He won't be there. And that's why we're sort of hitting this theme now as well as the season of Easter rolls down. So 40 days after the resurrection is what we call Ascension Day, when Jesus ascends to heaven and departs physically from our world. And that's coming up actually next Sunday. We'll, that will be the, the focal point of, of the, the scripture and the sermon you know, next week. So we're getting on towards that. And I think Jesus needs to make these promises, needs to give these assurances to the disciples because their world is about to get rocked. It's about to get turned upside down when their rabbi, when their teacher, when the one that they know is the Messiah, not only is going to die, but then, you know, 40 days later is going to depart and they're going to be on their own. So throughout the course of this, not only this short passage that we had, but actually a very, very long passage in John's gospel, he's just giving them all of this encouragement, all of this, this, uh, these promises that he will make. Now, last week where it picked up, which was just a few verses before this, the first thing Jesus says is, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to die. Don't be troubled. I might as well have said that to the kids. You're about to lose your phones. Don't be troubled. They were troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, today, we hear another promise. Jesus says to them, I will not leave you orphaned. That promise, that phrase, that really grabbed my attention this week. Now, the idea of being orphaned, it's, it's not foreign to us. It's a word we all know. It's, it's one that I think we're familiar with. 
and but it really grabbed my attention. And in fact, to the point where on Tuesday when I was meeting with my fellow pastors talking about this passage, I asked them the question, and I was asking a serious question. I said, what does it mean to be orphaned? And one of them, knowing I'm snarky, gave me an equally snarky response of, it means that you're an orphan. Thanks, that's helpful. But if we think about this idea of being orphaned, I think it means to lose your connection. Now, usually we think of it with children that their parents are gone, their family is gone, and they are left alone in this world without someone to care for them, without someone to guide them and protect them and nurture them. They are left alone. They are orphaned. Now, that's a sad situation. It's a sad deal. But it does happen in this world. I think we all know that. But the idea of being orphaned is also not limited just to children. I'm remembering a conversation that I had with an individual. This was a few years ago, an older individual. And they had just lost the last surviving uh, member of their immediate family. Their parents had already been dead at this point, and they lost their last sibling. And they were, they were the last one. And they said, I feel like I'm orphaned. I'm alone. I no longer have the connection to my immediate family where, where my life began. And that really caught my attention. And it's, I mean, it stuck with me for years remembering this conversation that at any point in our lives, we can all experience that when we lose those people that I think were there at the beginning, that were the, the, the basis for our life that we have grown up in and known. This idea kind of caught me off guard but, uh, just about a week ago, um, you know, a, a moment of personal Personal? I don't know. I'm getting it personal with you for a second. A week ago, my mom's oldest brother died. And I've lost an aunt and an uncle before to various diseases uh, when they were younger, and that was sad and tragic when it happened. But this is kind of the first time that someone of my parents' generation sort of got to that age where you begin to expect death could happen. And boy, that stopped me in my tracks. Because that means... Next, it could be my parents. It's not right now, but it could be. And I'm reaching the age now, I'm middle-aged, when this is starting to become a reality. I think at various points in our lives, every one of us will go through this. I mean, that's the, the general sense of this life that we live. We all live, and then we all owe one death, and eventually those people that we love and we care about, we lose them, because that's the reality. So are we orphaned? Are we left alone? Well, Jesus says no. And so maybe we need to really pay attention to this idea when we face the reality that we will lose those people that we care about, that we will lose those connections. But we have another connection, and it's empowered through the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus is talking about here. He might as well say, in 40 days, I'm going to be gone but the presence of God will still be with you. I will send you the advocate. I will send you the helper. I will send you the counselor. I will send you the Holy Spirit. The very Spirit of God will dwell among us, will abide within us. That's the promise that Jesus makes. And it connects us together. It creates a sense of community. It creates a sense of family. And when we look at the entirety of the body of Christ, we are all together one, and we are called to be that for one another. 
Now, that same Holy Spirit that connects us and binds us together, it also empowers us. It empowers us to go out in the world and share the gospel. It empowers us with different gifts and different talents, and they all manifest differently for every single one of us. We all embody different gifts. They're gifts of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. But rest assured, they are all there. Now, sometimes we're called to take those gifts just outside. Sometimes we're called to take them across the street, and sometimes we're called to take them around the world. It's different for all of us, but wherever we go, we still have that same connection. We are still part of that same family, that same body of Christ. Now, I'm looking at three. Where where are you at? There you are. One, two, three. We have three seniors that are graduating this week. You guys are coming to the close of one part of your life, an important one, a formative one, and you're going on to whatever's next. Now, are the eyes wide? Are you scared? Hannah, do you still have your cell phone? Okay, she's still got her phone. Know this, you three. Whatever it is that God is calling you into, you have been claimed through the power of the Holy Spirit. You are part of this community, and it is my prayer that you will know this connection, you will carry that with you, and that you will find joy in whatever comes next for you three. And the same is true for all the rest of you too, but we get to pick on them because they're seniors today. Amen.